Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. stand before you tonight as a result of your ministry in the country of Brazil. I was only 12 years of age when I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my only and personal Savior. Amen. But I was a professional bartender. My father had a bar. I would go to school in the morning. After school, I would go to the bar and worked with my father until late every night. I stayed behind the counter serving liquor to the customers. I knew how to mix all kinds of drinks. When my father was not watching, I was drinking a little bit. And I was dreaming about the day that I could become just like one of my father's customers. But one day, my father entered an elevator and someone gave him a gospel tract, just like this one. Just out of curiosity, my father decided to visit the church. The address was on the back. He went to that church. There he met an American missionary, Jimmy Rose. He understood nothing of the sermon, but he left his address behind. A week later, Jimmy Rose went to visit my father. But he was surprised to find out that the address was not, was not the address of a house, but it was the address of a bar. And he saw the bar, and rather than turning back, he entered the bar with his Bible, black Bible, under his arm. I remember that day because I was there. My father told me to stay behind the counter, serving the customers. And then he went to talk to the missionary. And the missionary talked to him and the witness to him. And Brother Jimmy Rose said to my father, Mr. Ribeiro, if you want to serve God and save your little boy from an anguishing future, sell this bar and come to church with us. Brother Jimmy was bold. He didn't know that, but God was already working my father's heart. My father was really getting tired of that lifestyle, making money out of the misery of other people. My father had seen what alcohol can cause sure. in a life, in a family, and he was trying to get rid of that profession. He was needing help, exhortation, and he found that in Brother Jimmy. Amen. Brother Jimmy said, sell this bar, come to church with us. In less than a month, the bar had been sold. Amen. My father went to that church, and I, as a little boy, followed after his steps. Amen. And in that church, after hearing the gospel a few times, I also received the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. as my only and personal Savior. Amen. I was supposed to follow my father's steps one way or the other. But he decided to go to church. And because of that, tonight, rather than having a son who is a drunk, he has a son 
who is a church planter, independent Baptist church planter in the country of Brazil. Now I tell parents all over the place, whatever decision you're making today, big or small, will affect the lives of your children tomorrow. That's why we parents must be so careful about our decisions because they will affect the lives of our children. Like my father's decision affected my life. So we went to church. And when you are under Brother Jimmy's rose preaching, you learn about the importance of missions. It is impossible. It is impossible to be around that man of God without loving missions, without wanting to do more for missions. And it didn't take me too long to understand the importance and the meaning of missions. We were in a family camp, and he was preaching on missions. Nobody could preach on missions better than my pastor. And he was preaching on missions. And I heard him say the names of uh, some missionary heroes of the past. Names I had never heard before. And he mentioned the name of David Livingstone. David Livingstone, he said, I'll go to the mission field. I'll go to the jungles. But you must come with me. You must come with me. If you don't come with me, then I will not go. That was his prayer. Then he mentioned Adonaira Judson. I'll go down, but you must stay here and hold the ropes. And John Knox, God give me Scotland or I will die. And he meant that prayer. God not only gave him Scotland, but back then many, many other countries through a real biblical revival. And then he mentioned the name of Hudson Taylor. He went to China. He became just like one of those Chinese. And even today we are reaping results in China from the ministry of Hudson Taylor. When my pastor was about done with his sermon, tears were coming down my face because I knew then the only reason I was saved, the only reason I knew Jesus was because of missions. So I came to the altar Pastor Lawson, just to thank God for missions, for the Great Commission, for Tabernacle Baptist Church, for Dr. Seitler, by having sent my pastor to the country of Brazil. And because of that, I came to know Jesus. But as I was there on my knees, crying out to God in gratitude, guess what happened? (laughs) God called me right there to be a missionary from Brazil to Brazil. He not only called me to be a missionary, but he called me to be a church planter, just like my pastor. So when I got up from the altar, I knew God had called me to be a missionary. But I was just a new convert. I didn't know much about the Bible, but I knew enough to say that God had called me. So I told everybody around me, God called me to be a church planter, just like Brother Jimmy. God called me to be a missionary here in Brazil, to go to needy areas and establish Bible-believing churches. But the adults, always the adults around me, tried to convince me that I was mistaken. I was just being emotional. 
because Brazilians, they could not establish churches. Only Americans could establish churches because Brazilians, they didn't have the tools to establish churches. But I answered them, if God is the one calling me, He will provide me with the tools. And you know what? He has provided me with the tools. First of all, He allowed me to be saved under the ministry of an American independent Baptist preacher by the name of Jimmy William Rose. I grew up under the preaching of Brother Jimmy. I grew up under the training of Brother Jimmy. I saw him working, preaching, praying, visiting, counseling. I saw him building churches. God allowed me to be saved inside a very missionary-minded, ministry-minded church. When I was only 18, I entered the Bible Institute, established by my pastor. I graduated from the Bible Institute, and I thought I was ready for the ministry. I was only 21, 22. I thought I was ready for the ministry. When God, in a very special way, opened the doors for me to come to study at Bob Jones University. Dr. Bob Jones III, he was the president back then. He went to Brazil. And he saw that little boy, young man, leading the music in the church. He saw him leading the youth in an open air meeting. And he went to my pastor and said, Brother Jimmy, tell that young man, if he learns English, he can come to Bob Jones and we'll give him a work scholarship. And he can be trained at Bob Jones. So my pastor told me about it, but I had no time to learn English. I came in 1988 to this country without knowing English. And I went to Bob Jones. Can you imagine that? I knew some English. I could read some words. The text would make sense. And I could write some words, but I could not understand. I could not understand. I could not talk in English. And yet, I went through, I went through the first semester without understanding my teachers. I had to study twice as much. I had to work twice as much than any other student. But I remember at the end of that first semester, I was in chapel. Dr. Bob Jones Jr. was preaching. And when he was done, I realized I had understood the whole sermon. Tears came down my face and I noticed God had removed the last barrier. And now I could understand English and I could speak in English. So when people ask me when I'm from now because of my accent, I tell them I am from Georgia. <laughs> but I have not only I have not only learned to speak in English, but now I speak Southern English. Amen. Y'all be careful now, you hear? Amen. Isn't God wonderful? Amen. Now better than all of that. 
God gave me a wonderful wife. Amen. Without my wife, I could not have the ministry that I have today. What you saw on TV. My wife, Rachel, she is not 50% of my ministry. She is 100%. She was born and raised in Brazil as a missionary kid. She can speak Portuguese just like I do. She can speak English just like you do. And she is the third generation of missionary in her family. Now this is the grace of God. He took a 12-year-old boy from behind the counter of a bar and placed him into a missionary family and made him a missionary himself. So he went back to Brazil to establish Bible-believing churches and we began our ministry, you saw, in a precarious shed in our backyard because we had no money to rent a building but we had a shed and the shed was not much bigger than this platform was not much bigger than this place here and the ceiling was very low the place was very hot it was not comfortable at all but in spite of that we had 70 people inside the shed that first year my wife received uh, from her mother an old piano and she played that piano and people would come to the shed because of the sound of the piano back then we were only three in the family we had a baby so anybody that came through the door we, we would give the baby to that person so my wife could play the piano and I did everything else but you know what happened two neighbors they passed by the shed and they made a prophecy they said this church this little church this fake church will not last more than three months you know what happened to them one of them is the deacon of the church today <laughs> and the other one became a pastor <laughs> there was this lady who came to the shed her name is Madalena and Madalena brought her three children but her husband would never come and I asked her why and she said because he doesn't like you I had done nothing against him but he decided he did not like me. I asked why. She said, he believes you are a crook. That you are going to reap us off. That you are here to make money out of the people. You see in Brazil, people don't see a shed as a church. Actually, they think this is disrespectful. But it's not the shed that makes a church. Right. the people inside the shed yeah. Amen. so I decided to approach him and invite him to come to the shed I knew the time he was coming back home every day and I was outside waiting for him to come and I invited him day after day day after day day after day to come to the service finally he said Pastor Ron I will go to, to one of your services but you have to make me a promise 
I said, what? Promise me, you never invite me again. <laughs> I said, I promised. I promise. And I promised. So he came Sunday evening. He was there for the service. I turned the pulpit towards him. Small little pulpit. <laughs> and I preached a whole sermon on salvation at him. Amen. And he was under conviction. He put his head down. He hardly ever looked at me. So when I gave the invitation, I saw his hands grabbing the seat. He would not come up, but he was under conviction. And Pastor Lawson, I do not take the place of the Holy Spirit, Amen. usually. Amen. Usually. Amen. But that day I did. I did. Because we sing the first stanza, he didn't come. The second stanza, he didn't come. The third stanza, he didn't come. The fourth stanza, he didn't come. So I was supposed to finish and the service. Not that day. I told Rachel, let's sing all over again. So the first stanza again. The second stanza again. And if I'm not mistaken, finally at the third stanza, for the second time, he stood up. Amen. Then I stopped everything. I took him to my living room. And 20 minutes later, that man was kneeling down on the floor, Amen. crying like a baby receiving the forgiveness and the transformation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He thought I was dishonest. In less than a month, he had become the first treasure of the shed. <laughs> and he became, later on, the first deacon of the church. And he is one of the deacons to this day. And the church that was born inside the shed is considered today one of the strongest independent Baptist Church of Brazil. Amen. Inside the shed, Pastor Thomas, older pastors, they learned that I was teaching missions to the shed. Faith promise for missions. And they called my attention. They rebuked me. They said, don't do that. You're inside the shed. Don't teach missions as of yet. Wait until you have property, until you have your own building. Then you emphasize missions. They were afraid that if people gave to missions, they would never give to the construction. I answered them, I cannot do that. Because my Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the other things shall be added unto you. I told them, A building can wait a little longer. A piece of property can wait a little longer. But souls for the Lord Jesus Christ cannot wait one more second. Amen. So we taught faith promise to the people inside the shed. From day one, we taught them to give to missions. Of course, the Brazilian churches cannot give as much as we can give in the States because our money in Brazil is very weak. Did you know that the cost of living in Brazil is the same as 
the cost of living in the States. Some things are cheaper there. Some things are cheaper here. But at the end, the cost of living is about the same. And yet, the minimum wage in Brazil is about $300 a month. Most of our people make only $300 a month. But God is not watching the amount we are giving, but the percentage we are giving. And those churches are being taught to give. Amen. To give. My pastor always taught me, nobody's too poor to give to the cause of the gospel. Amen. Now to make a long story short, we have established six Bible-believing churches. Amen. The last church we established, Pastor Lawson, was not on the video. There the video says five, but there is one more. Amen. This church was born in one of the poorest areas of the city. Very poor area. And yet, to me, is the most promising church of our ministry. I'll tell you why. Because poor people, they don't count the cost. They don't have much. During the pandemic, they could not be put in lockdown because they had to leave early in the morning so they could eat late in the afternoon. No government could make them stay home. Because of that, most of them, I would say all of them, got contaminated. But by the grace of God, no one died because of the pandemic. Amen. And they created what we call herd immunity. And now the services are packed up. Nobody wears masks because everybody got what we call herd immunity, natural vaccination. Amen. And they are not scared anymore. Amen. That's a very promising church. Some years ago, evangelist Tom Farrell, who went to be with the Lord just a few days ago, he was in Brazil, and he was preaching at our church, the mother church, the first church, evangelistic messages, and people were getting saved. And I sent a bus to this community, and we brought dozens of little children from that area to sing in our choir, children's choir, in our church. And one of the fathers of those children decided to come with them in the bus. Only two people knew. I didn't know. I just learned about it afterwards. Only two people knew that that father was a drug lord. One of the most wanted drug lords of the city, of the state of Goiás. A very dangerous man. But he came to the service. And Brother Tom Farrell was preaching about salvation. I was interpreting for him. Amen. When we gave the invitation, the drug lord was one of the first to come to the front of the church and to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. After that, he vanished away. 
He disappeared. He took his family and he left the city. He left perhaps the state of Goiás. Nobody knows to this day where he's at. He had to vanish because he decided to have a different life. Amen. He decided to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And only God knows where he's at tonight. Amen. But that's the church Amen. we are establishing today. Amen. Reaching those people. Reaching those houses. That area. Wow. And pastor, he asked me to let you know about our needs. I'm not going to tell you about personal needs. I tell only the Lord. But I tell you about a ministry need. We need to build a church for those people. Amen? Amen. We need to build a church for them. How many of you believe in miracles? Amen. So I need you to pray that God will help us to raise $110,000 to build the Sunday school classrooms for that church. For God, nothing is impossible. Amen? Amen? I have seen Him giving us five buildings, five buildings already. And I'm sure He'll give us another one. And these are healthy churches. Amen. Churches of the same species as this church. Amen. Same doctrines. Amen. Same vision. Amen. Same standards. Amen. If you know Brother Jimmy Rose, if you knew him, you know us. Amen. These are the kind of churches we want to support. Amen. Amen. God has given us this vision to establish churches one after the other. And since you took me on for support many years ago, you have been a part of these churches. Even before knowing me, you were a part of my life because you invested in my pastor's ministry and life. I believe with all my heart what you're doing here during the month of August is what pleases God the most. Dr. Harold Seitler used to say, a church has no right to exist if that church is not missionary minded. It's amazing. When Jesus had his last opportunity to speak to his disciples, he did not choose to speak about money. He did not choose to speak about love. He did not choose to speak about prophecies. These are very important subjects. But he decided to leave his last words to speak about the Great Commission. Right. Right. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. gospel. But how can you go into all the world if you are just one person and you're located here in this city called Lexington in the beautiful state of South Carolina. There's just one way by sending out substitutes, Amen. representatives Amen. that will be preaching the gospel for you someplace else. Right. 
This is what missions is all about. Now, I don't know if in your parking lot you have a sign for visitors. Do you? But if you had, I would not have parked my car there. I'm not a visitor. I'm an extension of this church. This is what missions is all about. I am 8,000 miles far from you, perhaps, but I am an extension of this church as much as one of your Sunday school classes. And if you see missions like that, there's no limit to what you can do for God. Amen. You need to see yourself in all the pictures, in all the reports that your missionaries are giving to you this week, Amen. this month. And at the end of August, God will have worked a wonderful feeling inside your heart. He will renew your vision and you're going to do for missions more than you have ever done. Because you believe that our days are numbered. Amen. Right. The Bible says, redeeming the time for the days are evil. evil. How many of you believe the days are evil? Amen. Uh, Pastor Thomas, probably you have seen days worse than these. Because you're a little older than we are. But for my generation, this time has been the worst. Amen. I believe for most of us, including Brother Lawson, these last 17 months, they have been the worst. Politically, scientifically, and spiritually. Pastor Lawson, a lot of families are not coming back to church. They're not coming back to church. I have nothing against online services, but please don't call them online church. There's no church online. A virtual church does not exist. The word church means assembly. To be a church, we need to be doing what we are doing here tonight, with or without COVID. A church is only possible when the children of God gather together. I was expecting spiritual revival, but it didn't happen. It did not happen. So I believe with all my heart that our days as church are numbered. We cannot waste any more time. We need to get busier than ever and get involved in the most wonderful and important work in the world, the great commission of Jesus. But we need to start here. This is your Jerusalem. And I believe with all my heart that shepherds cannot produce sheep. I just found out Pastor Lawson is what we call a jack of all trades. He can preach. He can sing. Pastor, that was beautiful. His wife, she can play the piano. She can smile beautifully. That helps the ministry a lot. 
But shepherd cannot produce sheep. Sheep produce sheep. And when a church depends only on the pastor to grow, that church will not grow. As sheep, we must produce sheep. But listen, there are people out there that only you can reach for God and nobody else. And God wants to use you to bring in those people. And to be added to the body of Christ. I just hope that you get excited about missions. I just hope that seeing at first hand the result of missions will make you even more excited. I know Pastor Thomas is. I know he's excited. He told me he went to Tabernacle once to their prayer meeting. I have been there too, Brother Thomas. I know how it was. All the men kneeling down on the floor, crying out, praying, praying. Then they left the room to go to the service. Pastor Thomas noticed one of those men stayed behind. You know who he was? Jimmy Rose. My pastor was a man of prayer. He was in direct contact with God, with heaven. He was special. He was special. So when you decided to invest in him, you invested in a very special missionary. And that missionary was used of God to call another missionary. And Dr. Seitler, what did he say? This is a circle. And when you begin a circle, there's no end to the circle. Brother Jim is in heaven, but his legacy continues here. Now I ask you, do you plan to get involved? Do you plan to make this month a very special time, not only for your church, but also for your life? Amen. This has been an introduction. Dr. Wood this morning, Brother Ribeiro tonight, what an introduction. Now when Brother Joe comes on Wednesday, he's going to find a fired up church. He's going to find a very sensitive church. He's going to find a church that's really wanting to do more and more for God. And then Brother Terrell and other preachers that will be coming throughout the month. And then at the end of this month, by the grace of God, Pastor Lawson will not have a heart attack. But he's going to get close to it. Because of all the results he's going to see by the grace of God. Please get involved. We need churches like your church to hold the ropes. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com.